lovely parent friends. And apparently we are still friends. And on episode 52, one full year, every week for one full year that we've been together of the Teen and Tween Parenting Podcast, I am your cruise director, Dr. Nikki Naradin. Remember that uh, this podcast, aka is figuring shit out because, oh my God, I am figuring so much stuff out and I'm struggling. I'm having so many feelings related to it. Fights with my daughter. She's got a new boyfriend. I have feelings about that. People are coming, going, me backing back and forth from Alaska. Like there is so much going on. And it's weird because there's some reason why I believe that I have to somehow be perfect in some way, which is not really weird. I mean, that's what we women are socialized to do. We're supposed to do it perfectly. We're supposed to get it all right. If we're not, we're not worth very much. So I feel like I should be parenting perfectly and parenting perfectly in my mind is somehow not having any feelings or somehow not fighting or whatever that is, which is such a load of crap because I had an early childhood like everybody else and I get triggered really easily. And actually yesterday, my daughter and I had a really huge fight. And the first thing she said to me is, you're being so sensitive. I think you're overreacting. I thought, screw you. I'm not overreacting. I'm having feelings. Could you imagine if I said that to you? I would never say that to her. She's overreacting. And I think that's what they say to women in general. Whenever we show big feelings, we're overreacting. And that starts really young. So just because it is not the feelings of other people doesn't mean that our feelings are not worthwhile, not real, not valid, and not need to be expressed. And maybe we overreact because that's the only way that we get heard. That is the only way we can truly show people how upset we are, because if not, we could become invisible and ignored and only thought about well if we are giving something to somebody else, if we are serving somebody else and not necessarily serving ourselves. So showing big feelings is about somehow serving ourselves. I'm not saying that the big feelings might not be warranted or warranted, but they are there. And we don't need to get blamed for them. It's like blaming us for our crap. That's a bunch of baloney. Anyway, I digress for a moment. I am back from Alaska. I'm hanging out at home. I hit the ground running. Sometimes it's a little bit hard. There's a four hour time delay. So it's four hours earlier in Alaska. So in New York, I tend to stay up really late and I get up really late. So I feel a bit like a teenager. And when I'm in Alaska, I kind of stay on New York time. So I'm getting up really early and going to bed really early. And I feel like an adult, not that an adult is fun. It's pretty amazing that I put on my adult voice when I said that. But I'm going to start out the way we always start out because we've gotten through five different breaths, which is really great. And remember how cleansing and healing the breath is, how much oxygen it gets to our whole body so that we can think a little bit clearer and we can ground and center ourselves. So you are going to have all of the armamentarium in order to get through a day. Everything is available to you. The thought work, the breathing, the meditation, the thought downloads, morning routines, Everything is available to change your attitude. And in my last newsletter, the big quote was that the one last freedom a person has 
is the freedom to decide how to show up, the freedom to decide what to think, the freedom to decide for themselves what they want to see happen in the way that they act in the world. And that can happen under so many different circumstances. Under the worst, most distressing circumstances, people will still show up differently. Now, this is not blaming a victim in terms of whether they have to show up that way. Just know that the power we have is the ability to show up that way. All right, so we're going to do a breath now, and this is a canon breath. So this breath is like breath of fire, which was the last breath, kind of that equal inhale and exhale, except this one, and it's quick, a couple every second, this one is actually through an open mouth, an O-shaped open mouth. So cannon breath is really great for cleansing and strengthening your parasympathetic nervous system, which is actually the nervous system that relaxes you, that gets you to calm down as opposed to your sympathetic nervous system. It helps adjust the, the digestion. It removes any kind of unnecessary hard feelings. It's very hard to think something bad or something difficult when you're doing cannon breath. So cannon breath, like I said, is that equal inhale and exhale, just like breath of fire, except with your mouth shaped like an O and going through your mouth. So it sounds something like this. And you're using your navel center in order to bring that breath out. You're like pulling that navel center in. So are you not only strengthening your breath itself, but you're also strengthening your navel point, which is your point or your source of power. So I want you to try that cannon breath for at least one minute if you can, but you can go up to 10 or 11 minutes. It'll also, because you might not have been breathing that deeply or that quickly, it might make you a little bit dizzy. So I want you to sit down and relax the best you can afterwards and see what it brings up for you. And it will bring up anything. Remember your mind might wander and it might come back. Don't get scared of that. You're not doing it wrong. You're breathing. We breathe all day long. You're breathing with intention. You're breathing with some consciousness. It's all good, all is well. All right. So what I wanted to talk about is a concept that I've known for a long time. It's a concept that I use and that I've been expanded on or been expanding on. And it's this idea of a frozen need. So it is kind of an emotional and sometimes a physical need that you didn't have met when you're young and it gets frozen in time. Somehow you are always looking for that need to be met. Now people call this many, many different things, but I love that idea about a frozen need, that it is exactly the same as it was when it happened to you, whether you weren't picked or you didn't feel like you got loved enough, or if you didn't feel like you got enough food, whatever that need is, will stay there looking about the same as it did at the age when it came in. So I was thinking about this because I drove my daughter up to visit her boyfriend. Now I had just come back from Alaska. My daughter is home from college. She's heading out to work at a summer camp fairly soon. And I thought this would be great. We live in New York. 
we would have a four hour drive to get to where her boyfriend is. And then she would spend time with her boyfriend in whatever situation they had figured out. I didn't want to take over that situation, but he worked during the day. She might be able to stay with me and where I was during the day. I reserved the cutest Airbnb in a place called Salisbury, Massachusetts. I got one on a beach so that it would be particularly, particularly enticing, not only to me, but also hopefully to her and her boyfriend. And it didn't quite work out the way that I imagined. One day that he was there, he took the day off, they spent the day together. I was by myself in the Airbnb. Now, mind you, it was lovely. I have a million things to do. I never really get bored, but there was a way in which I felt like, why isn't she picking me? Why are they not coming to visit me? Now, I had offered as a true offer that I would take her up there and that she would get to control whatever the situation is. Now, those situations, especially, especially those early relationships, are difficult to navigate. When you're meeting somebody else's parents, it's not easy. It might be easy to lose some control. She might not want to have to take care of me. Now, in my mind, I think I make every situation go better. I think I'm so easy to be with, but that's not necessarily true. And I found myself wanting to call and say, hey, come on down, make a few more offers, get a little more confusing, but all with the subtext that I felt bad, that I felt like I wasn't chosen, and that I was also hoping that she might feel a little bad and a little guilty. And then I might even use the idea that I made her life easier, that I brought her up in a car, that I spent four hours driving and I was alone, like all of these machinations and ideas in my head. But I realized that what was going on is that I had this frozen need to be chosen. I had this idea that I wasn't chosen when I was young. Now, remember our childhoods are in the past and they're going through a lens and they're all additive and things happen, but they morph into different things sometimes. So in my mind, I was not the chosen one by my parents, that their friends were more interesting or whatever it was. I wasn't the chosen one in school. I was the last one chosen. I have all of these ideas in my head about what happened to me. Now, that doesn't mean it didn't happen to me, but it has taken on a certain degree of momentum and clearly it is still coming up to be worked on. Remember, I've always said that things can be held to the light of thought work, that you hold it up and you decide, where did that thought come from? Is it a thought that I want to keep or not want to keep? Is it a thought that I want to just work on, or at least the feeling that's generated from that thought I get to work on cleanly? And do I want to change it or not? And I get to decide all of those things. So this frozen need, something frozen in time, can manifest itself in a million different ways. It can manifest itself in the type of relationships you want, in the type of relationships that you have where you're hoping to get the parenting that you didn't have. Whatever it looks like, in the way in which food satisfies you, in the way in which you satisfied yourself 
when that early hurt came in and that frozen need started to develop. So I felt really fortunate that I could identify that whatever was going on in relationship to me feeling like I wasn't picked and that my daughter didn't love me as much or didn't give me the kind of consideration that I wanted or didn't give me something, I was actually able to realize that it was a frozen need. I had the great opportunity to continue to work on it because this actually clouds all of us in our day-to-day -day living and how we interact with other people. And then I was able to calm myself down and not necessarily ask for those things, feeling so righteous about needing to get them or that I deserve them in some way. And then I was able to focus on what it might feel like for her. And again, I can't get into her mind or her brain to have to navigate a situation that's new with lots of new feelings and lots of new people and lots of personalities. Now, the other thing that I kind of conjured up in my brain was that oh, their family is probably better than our family. Things are probably easier. She probably likes it there better. Whatever it is that I created in my mind also became a thought that was picking at me in some way and somehow making me feel a little bit anxious, a little bit worried, and wanting me again to make lots of offers to her and her boyfriend to come and stay with me. Offers that didn't need to be made. I was just fine. And I had offered something unconditionally to her that all of a sudden had tons of conditions to it based on my frozen need to want to be picked or my frozen need that I'm not good enough or somehow my thought about me not being good enough. I don't know if that's really a frozen need. Probably the need to affirm whether I'm good enough or not, but I'm not going to use that as an example of it. And again, I didn't put it out there. I didn't act in all the ways that either I might have acted before or really wanted to act out. The desperation, the wantingness, the guilt, whatever it is, it annoys the crap out of me. So I'm sure it would annoy the crap out of her. Anyway, the four days passed. It was actually, it was like three nights kind of four day-ish, you know, a lot of driving. And I picked my daughter up in the place where we were supposed to pick her up. And she got in the car and she said, thank God you're my mother. And thank God I have this family. Because it turns out that their family was more difficult for her to navigate, that whatever we are doing works for us. And that actually she really loves us and she can pick me without having to show me at every moment. But the other part is that I can pick myself. So I did actually have a great time in my little beach Airbnb vacation. They took a beautiful care of me. That Airbnb was set up gorgeously. I was right next to the beach. Everything was there. I got to meditate at the beach in the morning. I got to do all the thought work I could. And I got to really go inside myself to grow as best as I can. 
All right. That's what I got for you. If you haven't signed up for the newsletter, I'm going to go into this in more detail. Also, I'm going to write a bit about this in the show notes related to the breathing, related to this idea and this expansive idea about frozen needs and how to work on it. And then if you want to go deeper, then get in contact with me and I'll see if I have time to work with you because I would love that. I am meeting parents constantly and I'm always figuring out how to make their lives go well and the lives of their family go well with them. All right. The other thing I wanted to tell you is that the second episode of my new podcast, the the Teen TV Drama Mamas with me and Dr. Angie is out. And we listened to episode three and four of the Gossip Girls. And I would love to hear what you guys think about this, but I also think it would be great for the moms to listen to it and the moms and daughters to listen to it together and see how we're kind of like working with those characters in the gossip girl like we are really trying to figure out like what would be the right way to coach these people and what went went wrong and what got hard and through that conversation you'll be able to figure out how to work on your own relationship and how to work on yourself okay that's the teen tv drama mamas all right i love you guys one year woo woo bye That's crossing my face, no disease Ain't got no bows Ribbons in my hair Looking down south and there's something new growing down there Yeah, baby girls Now a big bad boy Can't understand why I'm still not your pride and joy you wanted or so you said some kind of stranger spawned from bad seed felt the back of your hand on my face now I'm out on the street you're dating a boy hey you're losing your girl I never meant to mess up your beautiful world
red-blooded, red-blooded. God-fearing man.